before we get into today's episode, I just want to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Yes, you can be a gamer and a sports fan, much like myself. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy a new jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us and Pago and Fanatics by going to pago.co backslash fanatics and getting 25% off your next order. That's very beneficial for the Christmas season, so I'll repeat that. Get 25% off your next order by going to podgo.co backslash fanatics, F-A-N-A-T-I-C-S. On today's episode, we have Sephiroth and Smash, we have Super Nintendo World, we have Indie World, and what the hell happened with Cyberpunk? We have all that and more. In the description is a Google form for the Q&A for next episode. Take that if you want to participate. Thank you so much and enjoy. back to another episode of the switch it up podcast season two episode 20 my name is tyler joined as always by my co-host colby how are you doing on this fine fine monday uh afternoon now i'm doing pretty well not a lot to report just patiently waiting for for the christmas festivities to kick off as a lot of Mm -hmm. us are but other than that can't really report much on the gaming front uh just kind of coasting seeing what well, I've been playing Smash a lot more recently, but mm. we'll, we'll get into why. But yeah, just waiting for waiting for just anything to strike that I can sit down and play for a little bit. Basically, just waiting until 3D World comes to the Switch. So right, that is the next thing that's, that's coming. Next, uh. That's the next big one for us, anyway. So, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing just uh, just peachy. Nothing's nothing to really complain about. Uh, I've been playing. A lot of old competitive games, actually. I've been dipping my feet, and I've just wanted to see how you know the game states of each of these games I used to play religiously are uh, now that I've been away from them for years. So I, I popped Rainbow Six Siege back in the old Xbox. I popped in Overwatch. Uh, I've been playing Titanfall pretty regularly because I have some friends that I play with. Uh, I've obviously I've been playing Dying Light in the interim in case I don't want to pull my hair out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to go back to them. I I suck complete balls uh, now. I don't. I didn't retain any of my game skill, and I I just went straight into ranked. I didn't even play any warm up matches. I just went straight for the for the highest leagues. Mistake. Uh, but but I'm having a good time. It's fun revisiting them and seeing you know what I actually got on the games and how much I I played them before. Uh, Nuzlocke still doing that. Uh, made it to the fifth gym, beat Clay pretty handily with my with my Samurai. Uh, Has not been easy though. Um, I'm getting the hang of it. Not, I was about to say it hasn't been the easiest, but that's to be expected from from Nuzlocke. So far, 
Uh, no super devastating casualties. I'm not on wood for that. Uh, but we're getting into the end game now, into the latter half. So I'm sure that that will change relatively soon. But uh, that is all my personal gaming news. I've also been playing Smash uh, a little bit more as as well, as we will get into why in a moment. We'll also get into it now. Why have oh, you been playing? Why have Why have you been playing Smash more, Tyler? Well, because we already talked about last episode how Sephiroth was revealed, and uh, so Sakurai <laughs> released. This it's so weird. The, the release date is supposed to be tomorrow for the character as today, as of if you're listening to this, the twenty second. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, because it'll be released tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's true. So yeah. Today, for you guys listening, should have been the release date, but Sakurai added in a mode where if you beat Sephiroth as a boss character in Smash, you just unlock him and all of the content that would be coming in the DLC pack. So if you, you get, have the Fighter's Pass or if you prepaid for him. Right. If you if you have the Fighter's Pass or if you bought that specific uh, section of it for the Sephiroth, you'll get his stage, you'll get the music, and then you'll get him as a character if you beat him, and there are three different uh, difficulties, easy, normal, and very hard, uh, I decided to try You can unlock him if you beat him on any difficulty. I think the original plan was that everyone gets one chance at it, and then if they don't beat him, they just don't get him until the release date. That would have been way more better, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's so weird. It's like the release date is this, but for all of you who are going to buy him, now it's like a few days earlier and it's for like all, for all the wealthy and good players you can have him now i mean it's weird because it's kind of like it feels like a demo for a character that you've already bought anyway yeah because you just get him early but i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass it up i bought the fighters pass so you know getting him early and trying him out absolutely fine by me benefits this podcast as well yeah benefits benefits us we can cover it earlier uh, or at the time that he releases for everyone else who didn't get to do it. But exactly. I, I decided to challenge myself. I unlocked him on normal mode. Uh, I did not do very hard because I wanted the character. Uh, but And I'm also a Byleth main, so I, I yeah. wanted to beat him with Byleth. Took a couple tries. It's an HP battle, so it's not as simple as just knocking him off the stage, though that is still something you can do. Uh, and it kind of nullifies one of his weaknesses, ironically, because... Sakurai said that he's a very lightweight character. He's easy to launch, but this boss battle kind of nullifies that weakness. Exactly. So it's, a, it's a little more difficult, but still a fun time. Uh, probably one of the more uh, challenging foes I've come up against since I have not played against human beings in a while. Uh, but I was able to unlock him. And uh, Colby, how about you tell us about your first impressions playing, playing Sephiroth? So I've actually... I tried. I completed on easy and normal, and I was ten hit points away from completing on hard. But oh, I got Masamune just gave me the business from a wide distance. Tune Link couldn't, you know, couldn't pull. Oh, Tune, the Tune, my guy. But yeah, I got him the six. I don't have the Fighters Pass, so I paid the six bucks for him individually. Once I found out you can unlock him that day, I'm like, this is. Nothing. I've never seen this before, where you can just unlock the character <laughs> five days before it actually releases. Yeah. So uh, early Christmas for me, I got myself Sephiroth, and God, he is so much fun to play as. And like he, every, I played with him, and 
I, I don't play online, so I've just done normal matches against CPUs, and I've done tag teams because I like doing tag team. And it's just he's just he's one of the more fun characters I've I've played as. Uh, his range is incredible, although his attacks are slow, which is kind of a nah for me. I like yeah. like I like characters who can attack with with more speed, but he he's overpowered. Like the <laughs> his if you just hold in B, I forget the name of the move where you just basically just destroy. Oh. Yeah, the uh, the flare, mega flare, and giga flare. Yeah, the giga the, the, the giga flare is broken. You, it's once he gets the one wing, he's more, he's even more broken. The it don't his recovery sucks, but again, something has to be bad with him. But I actually disagree with you on that. His recovery is actually pretty. Do you hold down down B when you do it? Down B or up B? Or sorry, do you hold do you hold in up B to get his like crazy slash attack? Yeah, I, I tried to do that. I, I, did pull, I, I pulled that off on stage a few times, and it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it, you can actually... That's one of my favorite moves to just put in the middle of a combo, is just hold, is just charge up up B, because that's yeah, really sick. It is. But I don't think I'm having as much... I don't know. Sephiroth's not really my type of character. I joke that he seemed kind of like Byleth in print, on paper, you know, slow. Mm-hmm. Or at least, that you know, he has... Uh, slow smash attack so i figured that he attack would also speed be, anyway yeah he has slow attack speed i figured he'd also be slow he's actually pretty fast uh again a lighter character so a little floatier than what i'm used to uh i don't know i just can't get the timing of his uh of his attacks down super well uh they le- they do leave you open you can't really spam smash attacks uh his side b i'm finding to actually be really hard to use for me because it's such like a little narrow window it that is. you have to hit the opponent, especially if they're running around and shielding and spot dodging all over the place. Uh, I'm just not that much of a gamer where I can do it consistently. Uh, but yeah. for people who can use Sephiroth and for people who are better at the game than I am, that move is really good because it puts so much pressure on the opponent. You just have this imminent damage that's just circling around you, and it basically forces you to shield where Sephiroth can get a free shield break then if he predicts it right. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of power for, for you to have just in the in the mental game of Smash, it seems. Uh, his Smash attacks are really good. His aerials are kind of like Byleth's. Uh, yeah, they are. But uh, a little slower. And his up Smash is uh, very fun. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite moves I on YouTube. I see it's a, it's a favorite of a lot of other uh smashers as well where it's just such a huge range it's great but yeah sephiroth gameplay wise not really my cup of tea but he is very strong Uh, i'm glad for his inclusion he's super cool he gets an extra jump with his uh uh one wing when he's down which is really cool you can do some crazy stuff with that i'm pretty sure uh, with some aerials but yeah stage is really cool uh i like that a lot Music's amazing. I, I was about to say the music. I, again, I've never played Final Fantasy, but the music is super, super good. I don't even know what the hell's going on in the stage, but damn, it looks so beautiful. Uh, Sakurai seemed to really like presenting it, and it's it's just a stage that doesn't really have any gimmicks. It just tells a story in the background, which is really cool. Yeah, something so. something that him and the team seem to take a lot of pride in, as they should. Yeah, I mean, holy shit, it is beautiful. Like they. Like the switch is memed on for not being able to handle like, you know, graphically challenging games. But damn, like games like Smash and uh, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey just really 
push the boundaries of what they're able to do, and it looks gorgeous. In my opinion, I think that he is a slightly worse version of Cloud. I actually think Cloud's the better between the two, and I prefer to, I prefer to use him. Maybe it's because yeah. I played as him longer, but again, like you said, like his attacks are more simple. I would put it. I think Sephiroth's more of a complicated character, which if you can pull off his moves, it's going to pay off because he can do so much damage and like that. But yeah, yeah, I like Cloud more, but that wasn't. <laughs> There's been a ton of memes on here about this. That <laughs> so wasn't... many. That that wasn't the only big announcement made during that direct. They started right away with me costumes, Tyler. Oh, they did. Yes, that's so. I I was caught off guard by that. I'm like, oh, we're gonna go get right into the heartbreak. Yeah, me too. It was a it was a final. It was a lot of Final Fantasy. It was the Aerith, Tifa, Barrett, and the Chocobos. I think were the first four. That, it was all Final Fantasy except uh, except. Then there one. was a and there was a fifth. There was a final one. There has been a casualty in <laughs> in Smash speculation. In Smash speculation, character speculation. The so Gino will not be in Smash Brothers. Will Ultimate. not be in Smash Brothers. He he returns to his role as a me costume just as he did in Smash Four. Terminal montage is not happy about this. Not not a lot of people. He are made not a, happy he, about he this. made a specific animation of Sephiroth killing Gino and stealing his smash invite. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's this one video where it it has like the guy like he's like talking about how funny like the chocobo hat looks and then it just cuts to the Mario 7 stages and he starts screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> yeah. It just it killed me. He's like, "No! <laughs> I'm going to kill myself." I, I, Gino will never get in. I mean, he, it's ultimate. He couldn't no, even get listen, an ultimate. Listen, He'll never get in. The absolute funniest thing that Sakurai could do is add him as the next fighter. Oh my god, he's a he's costume man. Like <laughs> despite the costume, he adds him as the next fighter. That would be the absolute funniest thing oh that he could god. ever do. If they put if they make Sora a costume, the internet's gonna break. I was about to say, the fact that they didn't though is. It's promising. It is. But, I mean, man, that's a. I feel like Sora is a lot more negotiation than than would normally be uh, needed for a yeah, DLC character's required. inclusion, and especially a third party, because you got to go through not only Square Enix but also fucking Disney, and that shit's got to be an absolute slog fest. Oh my god, Sakurai and <laughs> Disney corporates in the same room. <laughs> God, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> Gosh, but hey, this is Sakai we're talking about. It that is. man can do literally it anything. Is, we're so. talking about God here. We're talking about the God here. Yeah, we're so. talking exactly. Oh my God, I had to bring that up because oh, so, that was so that was so funny. That was really really funny. Gino, like Gino, Gino not getting in was the, the funniest me cost, part. The me costumes almost always like produce as much I, I don't want to say hype because it's not always hype as shown by this particular instance but in, I would say like, it's a lot of attention draw a lot yeah of attention. exactly yeah like we had Sans Cuphead now people, Gino people were hyped for Sans I people were hyped that Sans got a costume people were hyped I think people were hyped for Cuphead uh <laughs> I don't know what they were about Gino <laughs> Gino they were distraught about Gino <laughs> demoralized they were demoralized by Gino I mean, personally, it doesn't really matter to me too much because 
I never played Super Mario RPG. Uh, I would still like to see him in because he seems like an interesting character, but oh, you know, you to, not you for me. Wait, you have to wait another decade. <laughs> <laughs> if that, if they ever make Smash again after this. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I have on Sephiroth. Oh, wait, never mind. There was an update, and I do have the patch notes here, so... Uh, oh, God, we're going over patch notes. Oh, oh, wait, yeah, Cloud's um, oh, yeah. Smash got an update. Yeah, for for all the skins that have his Advent Children outfit, he got a new Final Smash uh, using his, uh, his, what's it called, the Fusion Sword, I think? I think so. Where he splits the, it. dude, it's, he, it's, the, it's, the, it's called Omni-Slash, but I think the... the Omni-Slash version are, 5, I yeah, think it's called. It is. But holy shit... Like, Sakurai and the team, they always know how to make these Final Smashes just absolutely devastating. Like, you, it's the it's the Ike Final Smash, essentially, where you just put someone up in the air and you just slash the shit out of them with your sword. But then he, like, for the final hit, he rears back and just mm-hmm. slams that sword downwards, and it's just super satisfying to watch. It's funny because that was in the reveal trailer, but nobody picked up on it. Some people did, um... What was it? Some people thought that it would be a specific Final Smash if he used it against Sephiroth, specifically. Yeah. But not that it was just a kind of secondary Final Smash for him. Which, they didn't have to do that at all. No. They had no reason to do that, but they did. And it's just so cool that the team wants to pay attention to detail. And they're like, oh, this Omni Slash doesn't really appear or isn't super fitting to the cloud we see in Advent Children. Let's add his... Omni Slash version five, and let's also animate it in CGI in the trailer too. Yeah, like, it was it's pretty, just, it was pretty neat. Like Sephiroth, I think they were just super proud to have him in, and it really shows uh, in the way they implemented him. So much attention to detail, so much care put into making him feel at home in Smash. Uh, I see. I, I saw something that I agree with. It feels like Final Fantasy is like a part of Smash now. Yeah. Whereas kind of before with with just Cloud and just the one stage and just the... I mean, most guest characters have one stage. But he... I saw someone say, like, he was the one who felt most like a guest character. Yeah. Because Smash does a really good job of just absolutely integrating the third parties into just Smash to where they feel at home. Where Cloud kind of felt like there was just more to be desired from, from Final Fantasy's inclusion. And now with Sephiroth, it feels like they absolutely remedied that. So... Super yeah. happy about Sephiroth. Glad for the addition. Yeah, so what Final Fantasy got? A new stage, nine new tracks, three me cos four me costumes, and Sephiroth. So yeah, they got their they yeah. they got their due. I was about to say they the execs were probably like, oh my like the execs saw the probably saw the reception of Cloud and Smash. They were like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh we should put we should try to put more of that in there. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was really neat to see and super cool. Yeah, we'll just have to. See, we'll just wait to see where the next. Oh God, who knows what the next Smash DLC? Who knows? Can do. There's no point in speculating. But no, there's, there's zero. Speaking of Disney, uh, okay. There's a bit. It seems like Nintendo, uh, is going the theme park route, and <sighs> finally, finally, we have a in-depth look at the interior of, uh, Super Nintendo World. I don't know why I tried to attribute that to Disney. I just thought, oh, Disney Park Hooger. Hey, so, listen, when you think of theme parks, uh, Disney World's the top of my list. Tried to try to transition with my monkey brain, but anyway. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about 
gods yeah. in this presentation for the first time in a long time. We got Mr. Miyamoto taking us through the theme park. And oh, man. golly, it was so good to see as he proclaimed himself dad. It was so good to see dad. The father of Mario and Luigi. Walking around a theme park, giving us the rundown. But yeah, this was actually right after, like, literally a day after the Sephiroth. So if you couldn't get enough Nintendo news, uh, you got this. It was short. It was a 15-minute presentation on what the theme park has and some of its attractions. Uh, it is Super Mario World. They're absolutely lying when they say Super Nintendo World because it's literally everything Mario. in there is Mario. It's only yeah. Mario. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to think what... Trying to think of what I saw in there. Uh, the bomb bomb painting, which people on the internet were saying people are gonna try to jump through. <laughs> Absolutely, people are. But man, just speaking of the paintings, that in that like lobby area where you first come in, just with Peach's castle, it's so cool. It, <laughs> it's really cool. Really cool out the gate. You go through the giant ass warp pipe, and now you're in uh, Peach's castle. You walk out the doors. Super super cool. It's a. It is bigger than. Like seeing it from the inside, it is bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it makes sense though for its size because it's essentially in addition to all the Universal mm-hmm. theme parks. Yeah. So that kind of makes up for its size because it's kind of sort of like just another section of yeah a bigger overall uh, area. But uh, everything was just so stylized. Like there was just so much color wherever you look. Uh, Nintendo is also going the. Uh, the Disney route where with their little uh, armband. Yeah, sort of the thing. What, power up bands. Is that what they the call power them? up bands. Yes. That where Mr. you Miyamoto hit where you hit the about. hit the glowing blocks with them. You get coins. and You can use those coins like in an app, I think he said, or like, yeah, or, or they stay on your wristband. You can transfer to your smartphone. You can lock some cool stuff there. I think they have like miniature like boss fights, too, within the theme park, which is really cool. He implied that we don't get to see that, but we, he did imply that there was there would be a battle against uh Bowser Jr. If you collected three of the keys hidden around the yeah. park, yeah, yeah, I find the keys. That's what it was. So, yeah, side note, yeah. <laughs> I thought like you know the interactive army, you're like, oh, you'd put it like underneath and then you would get the coin. But no, no you got to hit straight it. up. He fucking punches the block. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, you got to punch that thing. You got to uh, deck that what, block. What else was in there? Uh, uh, the so underground the t- area he showed us. That was really cool with the bomb bombs and. <laughs> the, the one little like pixelated version of Bowser's like, oh, it's Bowser. Oh, look, it's Bowser. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Toad's Cafe, which the food in there looks awesome. Uh, <laughs> the Mario Burger made the ways the around. <laughs> I knew that would make some some waves there. <laughs> Dude, what's wrong? Why are you not eating your Mario, Mario Burger? <laughs> that was it's that just was such really a strange funny. thing to hear. Uh, yeah, no, I'd uh, like to have the Mario Burger, please. Like, yeah, that's pretty odd to hear. But you no, know, to- they have the nice little <laughs> Toad's Cafe in there. It again, the theme park just looks beautiful. And then finally, they take you inside Bowser's Castle, where I think the Mario Kart ride is going to be held. Yeah, and we still have very little information on that. Honestly, uh, they yeah. showed us like the queue that you would walk up on your way to the area, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, they show you know, the Mario Karts and the little AR headset that you have to wear Looks when you go in. It took six years to develop, which is crazy. That's nuts. But, I mean, again, even on the inside, you have, like, replicas of the of the trophies from Mario Kart. You have this giant stone Bowser statue just stylized to a T. Like, it looks... The attention it to looks detail is superb. Great. 
I just enjoyed watching Miyamoto like walk oh, around. Yeah. He was having he was having the time of his life. Like imagine looking at this. Like this is something that you created in your head like so long ago, and now this is the legacy you're leaving behind. Like he must be like so proud of what yeah. of what has become of his his little franchise. Yeah. What else? They so they collabed with Universal to make two popcorn flavors, uh, a mushroom right. flavor and a caramel flavor. Mushroom, assuming it's just normal, they just call it mushroom because yeah, you know, probably because Mario. But it's Mario, yeah, exactly. Yeah, other than that, we didn't see a ton. Again, it was only fifteen minutes. It was short. Uh, I'm sure they want to leave a lot of surprises for when it opens in right. two, like two months. Like it's right around the corner. Yeah, and February fourth, I think he said. Yeah, it was I the grand February. opening in Japan. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait two more years in the states for it to, for it to come to California and, and Florida. Florida. I think those are the only two locations there. Yeah, and then I think in Singapore, Singapore, in Asia, yep. yeah, Singapore. So again, really cool. More Nintendo news looks looks better than I honestly expected it would be. And maybe one day we'll have to go there if the world ever goes back to normal. Oh God, <laughs> hope hopefully yeah we can make our way there before 2023. But before right. all that, we're kind of we're jumping around here, but. Right. Before, before all this, there was our final indie world of t- the year in our lore 2020. So there was a lot of there's a lot of announcements made, but we're going to go over some of the big ones here. Uh, Splunky one and two are coming to the Switch, and they have multiplayer features in them. That's so hype. That, yeah, that I think that was like the one of the first announcements they made. That was the first announcement of the night. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that's pretty hype right there. Uh, something else I have right here is uh, Super Meat Boy. Uh, people I saw were excited for that is out the 23rd. So by the time you're hearing this tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and that yeah. is a Switch. That's a Switch exclusive. And finally, the last big one was Among Us is now on Switch, which makes it that's his first console it's been on. So that's right. pretty hype too. That's pretty crazy. I think it's also crossplay, which is good. Yeah, I think it is too. But. There, I mean, with the new map coming, probably going to draw a lot of people into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm my brother and I were pretty excited about that. Uh, I don't know. I've never actually played Among Us. Like, I've never played a game. Either. I've watched a lot of content about it, but I've never actually played Among Us. I've never played it either. <laughs> so maybe that will have to change. Who knows? Maybe. Is it free or is it might be might be five dollars. Oh god! Okay, out of the budget. Uh, yeah, I was about to say maybe the my, it, it, it was between Sephiroth and Among Us, and I chose Sephiroth. Yeah, we may, we may have to wait a little bit on that, but uh, yeah, I th- that, that was that was, that was really the, it. That was really it for Indie World. That that was about it for Indie World. Uh, there were some other cool games in there uh, that I cannot remember, but I remember <laughs> uh, the feeling of saying, "Oh, that's a cool game," but. Nothing that really... I mean, Spelunky was huge and Among Us was huge. Those are the two that really took it away from me. Uh, Alpharad has gotten me interested in Spelunky, so I may have to pick that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spelunky 2 has online multiplayer, which is really cool. Uh, so, may have to pick that up. Looks very interesting. Uh, roguelike, randomly generated thing, as you know. Uh, Mystery Dungeon fan, so I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that was Indie World. Yeah, it's what? just really... Just Nintendo just gives, they just have that little spotlight like once every two months for these indie companies, and 
Right. I think they, they just do a great job of showing games that maybe you've never heard about. And you say all the time, it's just a way for you to maybe get interested in a game that you may not have picked, you may not have picked up without the announcement. So I think, I feel like it fulfills its purpose when it comes yeah. to that. It's really cool how there are so many games in there that are from different parts of the world. Yeah, it's true. Like that's like the only time I really see where it's like just this huge, uh, I say huge in a relative term, uh, sort of, bringing together of a whole bunch of different games that are produced all over the world and that's one of the first that's one of the only instances i can really remember where it was like oh yeah games are produced literally everywhere and yeah that's really everywhere cool. games are made everywhere and you can see like how certain places you know influence their games in certain ways and you know each one has its own feel even independent of each other so you know just uh just more wins for how how gaming is awesome and how it's the best medium in the world yeah, more dubs for gaming. More dubs so, for gaming. So that was Indie World 2020. We'll have to wait until next year to find out more news on indie projects. And the last bit of news I have here is uh, Nintendo has no updates on games we care about. And by games we care about, I mean, of course, the beloved Metroid Prime 4, Bayonetta 3, and Breath of the Wild 2. The big three of zero information about these games yeah uh they, they this article just references how they just keep saying bayonetta's third outing is doing fine not good or bad fine and metroid prime 4 that's all the only updates we've been getting is uh job listings we're, we're just seeing the entire just hiring process behind this particular game we are in breath of the wild 2 there was a first look trailer e3 last year and nothing else so it's been over a year and a half since we've had anything on any of those titles. So, Tyler, I will ask you, which of these three games gets a major news drop first? That's tough. It would be really, really funny if it was Metroid. We're still Before hiring. any of the others. <laughs> it would be really, really funny if that was the case. But Welcome to the first ever uh, Hiring <laughs> Direct, where we will be going over positions for hiring for <laughs> Metroid Prime 4. Uh, they're they're looking at the wrong crowd if they're mm. looking for people. <laughs> We're maybe fans, not, dude. <laughs> just just bring in the fans. I mean, maybe. I, honestly, if that happened, not, I wouldn't be super surprised to be honest. I give it a, give it a shot. They, I feel like they have to be really desperate to do that though. <laughs> they, oh my god, you'd have to be low on funds. You heard it here first, folks. This is we're calling this now the first ever hiring direct from mm-hmm. the, we're calling out the hiring direct so i guess before you answer here so there's okay. an ex- there's okay. an exchange between polygon and uh doug bowser doug bowser yes polygon i realize there's very little you could probably say about these titles but there have been a few titles that have essentially gone super radio silent and he talks about bayonetta 3 metro point 4 breath of the wild 2 bowser you fall nintendo long enough to know that as we prog- progress on any title and we deem a story moment, we will share the community where we are in development. At this point, though, I have nothing more I can share on those titles. So he didn't say shit is basically the big takeaway yeah. there. Um, I think I'm going to have to fall back on Breath of the Wild 2. Okay. With with Zelda 35 coming up n- next year, and we're coming close to the end of this year, obviously, state the obvious, Tyler. But uh, I-, I think that will be... Uh, even though it is my most wanted game uh, to come out, yeah, uh, I I do think that will be the first to get major news, considering 
the closing in on the pres- admittedly speculated release date. Obviously, this could be absolutely bullcrap, and we have no idea what we're talking about, but uh, with just the more context clues we have about that game than I think either of the other two, I think that's the one that uh, I would put my money on and probably still lose it, but I would put my money on uh, Breath of the Wild 2 getting some some new information uh, at least, not soon, but at least earlier than the other two. I, I, I mean, it's really between Bayonetta 3 and Breath of the Wild 2. I mean, let's be honest here. They're still hiring for one of the games, so... Yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild 2, we see a cutscene, so that means there is at least some code written for the game. Bayonetta 3... Uh, has not posted job listings, it's true. Uh, implying that they should be fine. And Metroid Prime, I still don't think like they might be starting their code, code like right now, right before the holidays. They've moved studios. Like there is no chance in hell we get any updates on Metroid Prime Four in the near future. But personally, I don't know. My window's pretty short because I think that you have to announce something about Breath of the Wild Two during Zelda Thirty Five. Of course, I'm gonna go with Bayonetta Three. I mean. Earlier this year, even like Paper Mario: The Origami King just got a trailer out of nowhere. No one knew that's that. That's true. No one knew that, that was coming. True. So that could happen with Bayonetta three, where you have instance where you just show them and then wake up and go on YouTube. Oh, there's a Bayonetta three trailer. It's a two minute mm-hmm. trailer and has a release date. So yeah, that happened like two months before Origami King came out, mm-hmm. and then they just marketed it. They just marketed it to death. So. Right. I, I think that can happen with Bayonetta 3 because I don't think it's on the level of a Metroid or a Zelda. It might be on that level of a Paper Mario where it still generates hype. It generates enough hype. It's a third title in an entry, so yeah, it, it clearly has some value if you make three of one title. So Again, I think assuming there's an E3 2021, I'm assuming that's our next Breath of the Wild mm. news dump for Breath of the Wild 2 anyway, and Zelda 35, who knows what kind of Zelda content we could possibly get, but... Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold out hope that it's Bayonetta 3, because I think that Nintendo could, sh- could use a little shake-up there. They did that this year with, I think, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which was an, which was a nice surprise. Right. Uh, and, and Animal Crossing, that being such a hit, was probably a surprise, too. But if you mm. want that, if you want the equivalent of that surprise that you generated this year, I think you can release something about Bayonetta 3, not necessarily like you said, like tomorrow, but in, within the near f- within the near future, hopefully. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, I yeah, don't it's play a series I want to try. It's a series I yeah. want to try. It seems like you know it's a it's sort of like a hack and slash where it's like a you know it's just a lot of action going on, Devil May Cry style. I've heard it be compared to. So, I've never played the other two, uh, but I would definitely be down for trying a Bayonetta three because you know. It just looks awesome. She's in Smash Brothers, so clearly she's got some some pull. Yeah, she was the Smash Ballot winner or winner. Yeah. Uh, there's still some speculation about that. I don't think she was first overall, but she was like first in realizable characters in mm-hmm. Smash. Which I didn't. I I don't even know. I don't even want to know what like an unrealizable character in Smash is. I I want to find out because I would have. I mean, I'm sure that the Letting the fans vote on a character probably results in a lot of Gokus and Shreks and other memes. So it was probably hard to... It probably wasn't the top pick, but I don't know. I feel like people would have thought Steve was an unrealizable character, but now look at him. like He's right at home. Yeah, it says here that 
Though Bayonetta was the winner from the ballot, data mines in early June 2018 suggest that Bayonetta was chosen almost before the ballot even began. <laughs> ah, that is, I do remember that now, I think. Yeah, so that's a speculation with Smash Wii U, and it mentions here characters like King Carol, Inkling, Simon Belmont, and Ridley were high up there as well on the ballot. Yeah, th- I was about to say that's true. That was before they even came to Smash Ultimate. <laughs> here's, a, here's a Reddit thread. <laughs> but then again, I don't think it was for nothing because a lot of those top picks seem to have made it into Ultimate. We got Ridley, we got K. Rule, and we got Inkling. Yeah, we did. So, so it mattered. It seems like uh, Sakurai kind of maybe took some of uh, that into consideration when when putting him in. And I mean, it worked. They generated so much hype for because of those characters. So. Did Bayonetta but, really win the ballot? <laughs> it's, it's 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 highly debatable. But I think Bayonetta three, not Bayonetta three. Bayonetta would have got in regardless of yeah. Because again, you're making a third entry. You don't just pass up that opportunity. So she has a fan base. I think Bayonetta's going like Squish exclusive, right? I think so. Because wasn't her like first game not Nintendo exclusive? Bayonetta two is only on the Wii U. Right. And Bayonetta, if my backspace would work. <laughs> Bayonetta was on... Well, it was published by a lot of companies, but what am I looking, what's, what am I looking for here? Um, I guess consoles, like console exclusive. Yeah, I guess like console release. Yeah. So, oh no, yeah, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, mm. Wii U... Windows, right. Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. So, yeah, it's officially Switch exclusive now. Sweet. Or, I guess, Nintendo exclusive, not just Switch. But... Hey, we'll, we'll claim Bayonetta. That's fine. Oh, yeah, no, gladly. Uh, I mean, Nintendo it already has literally, like, in terms of exclusive, no one can beat Nintendo, I think, at this point. Like, it's almost yeah. impossible to beat Nintendo. Like, every single one of their exclusives, or at least most of the big boys, are, like, icons in gaming as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hey, you're just going to add on to the pile. Be my guest. We got Bayonetta. Our last trailer was from 2017 for Bayonetta 3. Holy Ooh, shit. That's not good. That's been a while. <laughs> that's been a little bit. Well, the, 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 up, the article I read said that it was December 1st, 2020. So they recently came out and said, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But is it fine? Like, could you use I mean, right now with... I'm willing to give game developers the benefit of the doubt, honestly, because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the situation we're all in. Like, there's yeah. no way that it can operate at the smoothness level that it was before. So, yeah, maybe I'm willing to give to, them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, maybe he's trying to introduce new elements like Breath of the Wild did. So, right. Because so those, the two, yeah, because the two titles were the hack and slash genre. So, right. I mean, we'll see, but I think Bayonetta 3 update would be lovely. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 update, uh, much preferred. And Obviously. if Metroid Prime 4 can uh, get a full staff, again, that'd be great. But Gosh, I cannot believe. How far do you think that they were in production before they said we're scrapping it? I, 
like it doesn't even seem like they scrapped the game. It seems like they scrapped the game and the entire staff working on the game. You have to have a story if it's like this isn't going to work. Like I can't I can't imagine an artist was like, here's some concept art. And they were like, no. And they scrapped the entire project and fired. How far along do you think a game has to be to where you go to E3 and you say this exists? Like, it can't just be an idea in your head. You have to have some physical stuff, right? Halfway. And do you th- do you think that they kept any of it? No. Because well, they said they started maybe, from scratch. I think they kept. I think they kept some concept art, but other than that, no. Because I think you have to have a story where it's like well, this isn't going to work, or maybe, how, yeah. God, I don't even know. Like, how much do you think? How long do you think it was in development before? They revealed it. Like, do you have to make up all that time again? Well, so Breath of the Wild was announced in twenty like thirteen and got delayed and delayed and delayed and came out twenty seventeen. So this got yeah. so the was that twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? E three, it got the official reveal. Like not the uh, not trailer, but reveal. Like twenty eighteen, I think. Seventeen. Seventeen. I think. I think. And yeah. then they scrapped it in February of twenty nineteen. So. Oh wait, no, it might have been. I think. Sorry, Metroid eighteen. I think. 18 and they scrapped it a mere seven months later i don't know we it's hard to speculate on this stuff because we don't really have like a it's not anything to reference yeah because i don't know we're just not we don't have that knowledge how far is metroid prime 4 in in development so it's been developed since 2017. Nintendo pulled the plug. No, it's not even that. Pulled the plug in early 2020. Tom's guide, morons. Um, <laughs> yeah, they pulled the plug when we were seniors in high school. So it's been a little bit. But yeah, it's been a bit. They're speculating. Oh god, 2022, 2023 for Metroid Prime 4. And at that point, that, like that seems how, accurate. Yeah, at that point, honest. like how like do you have a? I'm assuming you have a new Switch model by then, so you might as well just make it a release title with a new Switch. Well, to be honest, you were about to say how relevant would it be, right? Yeah. I feel like in a world where, with games like Cyberpunk and oh Breath of the God. Wild. We'll oh, talk about talking. Cyberpunk in a minute. I wanted I to bring that to up. Say, I, I was about to say, I, that's perfect. We can close with that because yeah. that is holy shit. <laughs> there was still a lot of hype around Cyberpunk, even though it delayed and delayed and delayed. Part of that was because of CD Projekt Red's uh, mm-hmm. reputation, and they were seemingly relatively... Uh, open with the community they put out frequent updates and you know different things on their social medias and they interacted with people and they Mm -hmm. kept people up to date so that might be part of it but it shows that a game can be hyped up for that long and still be you know people are excited about it Uh, at least with games that are this big with metroid hopefully it does not it is not resigned to the same fate as uh as good old cyberpunk was but uh (laughs) Hopefully people, hopefully the hype doesn't exceed, you know, the game's actual quality. Uh, but who's to say Metroid Prime, again, could, like you said, we could have information soon, sooner than we think. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, it's looking, it's not going to. But no. it's a good segue to talk about uh, Cyberpunk 2077 oh releasing God. on Xbox Series X xbox one ps4 and ps5 and pc holy shit holy shit is right i've never seen this before with a game i've never seen it on twitter i gave them the benefit of the doubt but that was before i really looked into 
how un- almost unplayable this game is. Uh, it's unplayable on on I'm past gen consoles. I, I don't even want to say past gen because I feel like most people. It, it's still current gen. Yeah, it's still like it's in the transitional period. Still. Yeah, like I, PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X is absolutely new gen, but that's not to say that Xbox One and PlayStation Four are old. They're yeah. still current. They're still current. Like I think a lot of people, I think a lot more people have Xbox X Ones and PlayStation Fours than they do PS Fives and Xbox Series X. Especially I mean, given, you can't yeah, get them the anywhere. <laughs> yeah, especially given the circumstances where we have shortages and it's hard to ship stuff out with everything going on, but. But yeah, wow, Cyberpunk. <laughs> oh my god, they pulled the game off the store and are offering full refunds. Yeah, my friend got it. I, I'd heard the news like festering and I asked him, like, and he has it on Xbox One. I asked him, I was like, is it okay? He's like, it, you know, it kind of chugs a bit, but it's fine. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe it's, maybe it's still playable. But holy shit, I've watched like video archive after video archive showing the glitches, some that happened to like every player. And some that aren't even rare that happen like it's specific scenes every single time. Some that literally destroy the gameplay experience. Yes, that ruin the experience. Like, oh my god, we got... Like, I don't think a single piece of this game is stable. No. Like, it's insane. Keanu's gotta be hot right now. (laughs) I mean, Keanu's fine. Like, the story I've heard is fine. Uh, I don't even know anything about the story. I don't know anything about the story either. I just heard that it's still fine. It's just that the glitches really take you out. Like they do. It's such you, an you don't want to immersive. Yeah, like the glitches take away the immersion of the story. Like they happen at such key points, key emotional points that it, it the story impact just loses all impact. Yeah, you don't want to play the game anymore. Like every game has issues. Like. Breath of the Wild has issues where the frame, the game just sometimes stops completely and the frame rate drops. And but it's like two, three seconds. It doesn't take you out of the experience. I've seen like, like vi- I've seen videos where you can be driving in a motorcycle, the screen just goes black, and actually you know you're floating like in the sky. Yeah, I've seen people fall through the map. I've seen unkillable bosses. I've seen people being where they shouldn't be in the uh, like in cutscenes. Like, people yeah. will be, like, in a car talking to somebody, but the character model will be outside the car just floating as the car is flying by. It's actually not even a... You have to try... Most games, you need to try to, like, find ways to get out of bounds. Like, you have to yeah. actively go out of your way. This, you'll do it on accident, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be too creative with how you traverse, or else you are just in the void. Dude, CD Projekt Redstock is down... 10%. Like, I, I heard like 20%, but I, yeah, 10% seems more reasonable. But New wow. York, dude, the New York Times is getting in on it. Like, Cyberpunk 2077 is supposed to be the biggest video game of the year. True. What happened? Now, I think we can draw some parallels to... Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I part of what I think I said on Twitter still kind of stands, where I said some AAA games will be in similar situations... That was before I knew the full scope. This is literally the biggest scope of glitches I've ever seen in the game. Uh huh. But other games will have like really bad like optimization or glitches or etc. And they won't be open and on. I say open and honest. There's obviously stuff they haven't been telling consumers, but they wouldn't address it publicly. Like Call of Duty Cold War has a lot of glitches I've seen. Uh, stuff that is. It's somewhat in a similar vein, but looks much better when framed against Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But they did release a statement and they are offering refunds, which, you know, is commendable. But, you know, my stance has obviously changed even with all that. Like, this is just nuts. Except 8 million people pre-ordered this game, dude. It's been in development for so long. Like, what happened? Yeah, the New York Times, these videos depict a game that is virtually unplayable. Rife with areas populated by characters running on barely functional artificial intelligence and largely incompatible with the older gaming consoles meant to support it. Uh, people are mad. Like, I don't know if the shareholders were just tired of the delays and they said get it out for Christmas now to get those pre-order, to get that pre-order money and to get those day one purchases, which, you know, Mm-hmm. The industry is probably built on stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, how am this game was ambitious? I'll give it that. But holy crap, they wanted to release this game years ago. <laughs> like, how? Oh, would, it's it's been how? delayed for years. I don't know how because they clearly, it in this state. clearly oh. they have like as far as with the Xbox One and PS4. They just put way too much stuff into it for those hardware to be able to handle it. Like, I think you made the comment to me. Like, if they tried to get this game on Switch, the Switch would explode. Like, you would die. Like, your entire whole house house would come down. You would get third-degree burns on your hands. (laughs) Like, God forbid, in handheld mode, it would literally be a new... It would be like a a homemade pipe bomb. Like, you would die instantly. (laughs) But if you were to take that on a plane, they would ask you to... They would escort you off. Like... They they would arrest you. (laughs) Like, it's come to the point where if it gets on Switch, like, they're gonna... They're gonna... Sir, what games do you have on that? Oh, I'm gonna play Cyberpunk 27. Please step aside. Get the hell out. Get the hell off this plane. Drive. Like, I don't... I don't know. Like, how, how... This just seems like... This 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 is a company that made like The Witcher Three. This is a game they, they yeah, made a right. game of the year, like the, a, a game that I personally love. Like I love The Witcher Three, but I don't know how you miss this big. And by all accounts, it seems like there's still some glitches on the newer gens, but yeah. it's it's mostly playable. For, it's fine, but we're talking about okay. So get this: eight million of the people that pre-ordered that game, they were all still. Like, I would argue over half of them are playing Xbox at Xbox One or PS4. I mean, even even without that, yeah. like, I, there there are people sending in clips of glitches on all social media from all platforms, even PC. Like, people yeah. that have cracked out PCs are still sending in, like, these glitches that are really, like, that they should not be there. You know what I mean? It, 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 you don't, it makes you, like, it not only does it ruin your experience while you're playing it, like, you don't want to play the game anymore. Yeah, because, like, you're just, your progress is going to be halted. Some glitches force you to just restart, so hopefully you saved recently, or else you're losing a lot of progress. Yeah, I don't care how game your good is. If you have glitches that take you out of the experience, how game you're good play. is. How, how, game, how good your game is. <laughs> I don't care how that's good going you, in, That's going in the quote book. Yeah, it is. I don't care how good your game is. If you have unplayable glitches and inexplainable, like, frame drops like you're not going to want to play it i don't care how good the game like i don't care how good it is or yeah like we we say it's been development yeah we say that graphics are not super important which they're not but it's things like this that sometimes with the graph I, i'm just trying to make an analogy because i feel like in this it's in the same vein it is. because your game can be really good but it does have to be optimized to be played like you have to be able to play the game mm-hmm. again like the biggest thing for me is like they wanted to release this game years ago like they delayed this game 
I don't know if this was like just an all an elaborate marketing ploy to build hype for the game, which obviously worked if it was. Mm-hmm. And maybe all the delays were fake, and I'm going on my tinfoil hat. It was all conspiracy from the beginning. But they wanted to release this game years ago. What kind of state would that game have been in? Oh my god. I don't even know. Like, it's like. They, like that would have been the, a. There would just be polygons walking around. Yeah, I'm bouncing back and forth between this and the this New York Times article. It says, like, most game developers send early copies to reviewers, mm. but they never did that with this game. They, they only did it for PC. None of the other consoles. Only for PC. Yep. Early reviews mentioned some issues with bugs, but the impressions were largely positive. Uh, momentum building to a Thursday release. Thursday release date caught me off guard, too. Usually you get Friday. Yeah, right. But that was a little weird. But, yeah, it's it's virtually unplayable. Fans are saying it's extremely disappointing. I really thought it was going to be a top level, of a th- top three game on, ever on a new console. Uh, no, not the case. But I, I, I had said before, I'm excited to see how this shakes up the gaming landscape. It sure, it sure, it sure shaking will. it up. Not in the way that I thought it would, though. Yeah, and, and PS5, like, they want to charge you $70 for new-gen games, which is... Uh, yeah. 60's absurd in its own right, but I get you have to pay back, like, all, yeah, the, all the stuff you have to do. I actually saw... Yeah, because games are getting more ambitious, you know? Like, yeah. they spent, like, $500 million on Destiny, or Destiny 2, I forget which one. So, you know, that's where things like microtransactions and loot boxes come in. Yeah, that's Where why they, they try to make up the dividends, because gaming is one of the few uh, mediums where... The price has stayed the same for the past like thirty years, which is nuts. Yeah, it's it's been relatively fair, I would argue. Not thirty years, but it's it's been the same for a long time. Yeah, like, it's been like constant. Games. Yeah, like the yeah the length of a game kind of correlates to its price, and then sometimes you have games that are just so long or so short, but they're so yeah. worth the experience. Man, definitely did not expect this. This is a big curveball. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to go back. Um, first, an- dude, first announced in 2012. I know, eight goddamn years ago. What, how? What do you even think of eight years before you release a game? Now, I'm thinking maybe. I don't know if this is true. They may have just been. They may have been enough more they can chew. Like they kept putting a release date down. But then they wanted to keep adding more and more and more stuff, which is a valiant, you know, uh, sentiment. But it may have been their downfall if they just wanted to keep being super ambitious with it to the point where it turns into a No Man's Sky situation. Where they were so ambitious with the game, but in the end, they were only able to put in a fraction of what they had uh, promised. I I think you're right, because... It says here in 2019, top executives and board members left the project completely. Oh no! It says that they they left the project completely. So far into the game's development, former employees said the hyper customizable and endlessly explorable world begin be, being sold to players was nowhere close to manifesting. By 2019, chatter began to circulate in the Polish game development circles that CD Projekt was way behind schedule Cyber 2077, even with the April release date. Some saw the departure oh. of top executives, including key board members, leave. Like, they were gone. 
On Glassdoor, no. a site where people can rate their previous employers, current and former CD Projekt Red workers said there was chaos behind the scenes. Offers rumors spreading on Discord servers, misleading deadlines set by managers, infighting among the company's top brass, and oh. incompetence and poor planning leading to unnecessary crunch, a term for overworking employees to produce games under a tight deadline. That's been a, a term thrown around a lot the, after the release. The owners treat the company as a machine to earn money and do not see employees as people, but more like a data and a table. One former employee wrote on the site. Holy shit. These were the guys that made Witcher 3? <laughs> These are guys what? that made Witcher 3, one of the best games ever made? Oh my lord. Oh now. My what do you got? I think I think it's important now. We've given we've given them the bust. You know, mm. CD Projekt Red has been hammered. Uh they will probably continue to be hammered sufficiently uh, for, for this game. Maybe, but we have seen firsthand I mentioned No Man's Sky. That game has made a full recovery. Full it's recovery. Possible. That was what that No Man's Sky was one of the biggest like failed releases in gaming. And it some and it somehow made a like almost full recovery. Like the game is actually good now. Same thing like even with Fallout 76 to a lesser degree. Again, super botched glitches everywhere all over the place. Very similar to this where they were you know immersion breaking game breaking things like that mm-hmm. they forgot to program like other years into an always online game to the point where like then you couldn't launch the nukes that the game would, had been advertising like it was bad and even then like they had a roadmap to recovery they have improved the game over time and it's in a much better state than it was now yeah that seems uh, that is kind of the unfortunate truth like games there's a higher frequency of games releasing that are not in a good state or that are that have major issues that should have been hammered out with more months of development or more hell, even years. Some of them need where companies like Nintendo thrive because they don't ever promise anything with games up until they're near release. That's true. They don't, I was about to say they, they keep a lot of them on the download, which I think does you're right. And negate a lot of the backlash has not to say that, not to say that the games don't still have problems. Yeah. Uh, But I think like, it's less apparent, you know, because you have you have expectations for it, but none that are specifically set by the developers themselves. Like getting in bed with your fans like Cyberpunk did, like it's a high risk, high reward situation, because if you don't pull it off, they're never going to let you hear the end of it. And that's, that's the such, case going on right now. That's such a good term. Holy shit. That's such a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, but it's true, though, because you're building up this game and the fans are like literally one of the fans read in the article. One of the fans was like, is there going to be memes in the game? And one of the one of the Twitter social media people were like the whole game's the whole game's gonna be a meme, dude. Uh, did not age well at all. But I mean, I guess it was kind of true because it yeah, is a meme very now. true. It's it's not not in the way they thought it would be. Like maybe that earlier. was just, that was just a depressed employee trying to give us the early warning signs. Yeah, oh yeah. But again, like it, like you said, it is possible that this game does bounce back and that the glitches are resolved. But it's gonna take so much for that it's gonna take more than what they put into the game at first to be able to remedy a situation it's gonna yeah. be so it's it's gonna be almost impossible to win the fans back over because then when did no man's sky release do you know a year uh, I, I can look it yeah. up yeah okay do you have it up? i was about to say you have your browser up yeah um i don't i want to say like 17 16 16 okay so even earlier so yeah so 
No Man's Sky, like you said, completely botched. Like, bugs, glitches, the whole deal. Had yeah. almost made a full recovery. With this game being so prestigious on newer consoles versus current consoles, it's going to be so yeah. hard for it to come back. It's gonna, That's why I, mean, I think it's going to be tricky. Even with those two examples of No Man's Sky and Fallout 76, which I think are the best parallels to draw here, they never got taken off of the store. Oh, yeah, you know? that's not a great look. Like This is the first time I've seen a game this big do that. Like, that happened to a game this big. Which, holy shit, I don't know what they're going to... The first thing they need to do, I don't know when this is going to come out. I don't even know if they have this thought ahead of time. But they need to provide a roadmap for improvement. That's what Fallout 76 did. Uh, no Man's Sky kind of just came out and, like, surprised everybody with a with a new update for improvements mm-hmm. and then they just kept kind of surprise updating people i don't think they ever provided a concrete this is what we're doing this is how we're going to do it but i think some other triple a game triple a games have done that and when they're in similar situations they probably like they provide a roadmap to recovery or what content they're adding etc so but with this game it's not necessarily it's lacking content like it's literally just it's just the hardware or like i don't know it's weird mm-hmm. like with fallout 76 there was lacking content so they provided a roadmap for you know the content they were going to add in and but for this game it's like you just need to fix the bugs that permeate everything so i'm not sure how they would i'm not sure how they're going to go about this i'm not sure about any of it this is all obviously speculation but they need to they need to do something and I yeah. don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to look at the roadmap that Fallout 76 had. So, it had, I mean, it had 76. It had millions of players at one time. Like, it did. Millions of it people did. played Fallout 76. And they just added a, the game, the, te- or the, yeah, the game, the game, the team behind the game was adding quality of life improvements since launch, and the game had gotten less janky and easier to approach. This is not without caveats, and... The consensus I get from here is this Fallout 76 is still not as good a game as people expect it to be. Yeah. But again, like, where this hurts it incredibly is with the new consoles. Because you're almost, you're almost cornering the market saying, okay, well, in order to enjoy this game to its fullest, you kind of have to get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. And people aren't going to be willing to do that. Yeah. I they mean, never have. Fallout, it might be consigned to the same fate as Fallout, where... Fallout was also hyped up massively uh, by by Todd Howard and the crew, uh, and it did not follow through, obviously. But it could be where it's this is kind of put into, you know, it never gets back to where it was hyped up to be. Uh, kind of what No Man's Sky, like No Man's Sky is like the the example of a comeback in video gaming. Yeah, it is. Where it is like, I, I think it's a really good game right now. Whereas Fallout is still kind of like not super good and the fans still aren't really happy with it. I feel like Cyberpunk could go either way. Mm-hmm. So Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 cost $330 million to make. Oh my god. And the I game mean, entered should... pre the game entered pre-production with 50 staff members. 50. After that they finished seems... Witcher after they finished Witcher 3 Blood and Wine 2016. So they didn't even, they didn't even develop anything for four years. Yeah, that's true. Three hundred thirty million. I don't know how you come back from this. I don't know. Well, either. even I mean, well, even then. Okay, so with pre, let's do some math here. So let's do some math. Let's do some math. 
So eight, so million, eight million times what? Eight uh, million 60. times sixty. Yeah. Okay, that's four hundred eighty million right there. So you've made your budget. You've made back, your budget. But back. even then, like this game, you're supposed to generate a billion dollars from this game. Is what it's sounding like. That, maybe that's they, what. Again, maybe that's they what have, from, but I, that's what happened with No Man's Sky. There were so many pre-orders; they made their money back on the first day. But then they hunkered down. The game. They knew the game wasn't finished. They hunkered down and they worked nonstop to get this game to a better place. And they did. So now it's a pride thing, really. I was about to say, now I feel like that's what they have to do. They have to take uh, a page out of Hello Games' book and just hunker down. I don't... Uh, Hello Games like went literally silent. Like They didn't interact with anybody at all. I don't know if that's the route they're going to take, but they just need to... I guess they need to hunker down and they need to get to work to fix this game. But this game is on such an even bigger scale, I think, than than even No Man's Sky to yeah. to a degree. I mean, No Man's Sky is galactic level, obviously, but I feel like this game may have more moving parts than it. So I don't know. Again, this is all unconfirmed speculation, as is normal with with me. But uh, man, it's just. It's, it's such a crazy situation that they've gotten themselves into. Yeah, no, and like, what does this do for CD Projekt Red? Like, they've only, they've lost a ton of credibility with this. Launch. Like, their rep is probably super. Like decreased. you said, their their stock their stock was down twenty percent. That's no accident. No, I, I don't know. To go from Witcher three to this is nuts. Was the Witcher three the last game they released before this? I think, it might have been, yeah. I think they, I think they just went from straight from Witcher to Cyberpunk. Okay, CD Projekt Red. Then let's just do games. Because... I mean, they must. They were. They were developed alongside each other, right? They must have been. Uh huh. Okay, so their stock. Cool oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so boy. since here they they have a they have eleven hundred employees. So fifty of those were working on. Okay, so fifty of those were working on development in twenty sixteen. That's good. Uh yeah, it just, it just says here that the only video games they like have are Witcher games and Cyberpunk 2077. Wow. I the mean, Witcher, man. Yeah, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Saints Row, which is 2008. Right. The original Witcher, the Witcher 2. Witcher, again, so Witcher 2007, Witcher 2, 2011, Witcher 3, 2015. It's concise. You have deadlines there. That seems like it makes sense. I don't know. Something something must have changed. Like maybe a change in management or something. Maybe because there it seems like their development process completely hit the fan when this game started like getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Yeah. So and yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Man, Which... one of the biggest one of the biggest games that was super hyped up to be one of the just I don't know. I think the hype just killed it, man. Like. A lot of the consequences from this is probably because of just the hype that built around this game. I don't think that's necessarily all CD Projekt Red's fault. Because of the because of the delays, I think there's a lot of expectation for this game to be big, you know, like super, mm. super big. I don't, like another a game like this that was delayed this much, it hasn't really existed. No. Like it, it surpasses like Breath of the Wild, which is the only other game I can really think of that has gone through a development cycle like that. 
Yeah, eight million people. Wild, pre- yeah, eight million people pre-ordered it. Like seventeen, like nine, almost twenty million people total have Breath of the Wild. So and Breath of the Wild came out and it was great, like from the yeah. get-go. So that also sets the precedent. Like, oh, delay. This is what delays do. You have that famous quote that a rushed game. I forget what the exact quote is. It was from it's a, from a Nintendo rep too. It's like a a delayed game will be eventually good, but like a rushed game's like forever bad. Will never be good. Is that Miyamoto? It might be. I, I don't even remember, but it's a it's a very popular quote that people throw around a lot. And this game is an outlier for that quote, obviously. So Yeah, nope, it's it's absolutely from Miyamoto. A delay game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. Yeah, there you go. So I think a lot of people had that mindset going into this, and they just got completely blindsided. That might be the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that's pretty good actually we've pretty talked good. for what like half an hour about this close it's so, worth talking about because again it like, is worth we've never seen this before yeah i mean i just wanted to see like you know do we do we dedicate enough of the episode to this to title it after it yeah it's almost a half hour so yeah half hour, hour so yeah, yeah no I, it's i'm gonna have to talk crazy. to my friend again because i haven't spoken to him after or i haven't spoken to him about the game since that first interaction so I'll have to see if his opinion has changed uh, or anything, because he is playing on the console that seems to have the most glitches. So yeah, we'll have to see, because I still see some other people on my friends list playing the game. So we'll see, but we'll, we'll have to see. So yeah, that's that we got on Cyberpunk. That's all I have on Cyberpunk. I mean, we I rambled a lot, so that got out most of my most of what was in my head about the cyberpunk and what whatever the hell is going on there again we have some we have severely less experience since we literally have not played the game so yeah but first-hand experience it looks rough yeah second-hand looking as an outsider looking in it looks like a, a chaotic mess it does yeah um that's really it for the for all i have um i call it shiny garretina that was really cool oh uh, yeah that, that's right uh, that was another big thing that happened. Colby finally got his shiny Garatina. Uh, I can't believe it happened. He looks so Dude, beautiful. He looks so good. He looks beautiful out when the crown tundra. It's great. Uh, I've heard I a lot of people... I don't know what to do now, though. Like, <laughs> it happened way earlier than I thought it would. Yeah, I, honestly, I was like, he's never... I don't think he's ever going to get it, and he's going to be jaded about this game forever. I, I'm going to be playing... Actually got it. It's, I'm going to have more hours on Sword and Fire Emblem Three Houses just looking oh. at this fucking shiny Yaradina. I mean, now you can go for another shiny. I, I could, but... Shiny Rayquaza, Colby. I don't even have his location in the den, so it's looking <laughs> bad there. Right. I don't even know what I'm going to do next, but... Yeah, I just want to take that time. Since you talked about the Nuzlocke earlier, which... You'll probably finish, or at least get close to finishing by the time we record next. Yeah, I'm taking a break from it right now. Uh, I guess I don't really, I haven't really told you guys what the team is. Uh, I can do that. Go ahead, quick. Run, yeah, can. rest of the team. All right, we got Warden, the Samurai. He's he's our he's my boy. He's the the first and the and the highest level, and he's he's doing good. Haven't haven't lost him yet. Uh, came close once, and it was oh I wasn't I wasn't I was scared. Uh, <laughs> let's see, we have. Supra, the Sand Slash, which I found in the Relic Castle, which I forgot that you could go to Relic Castle after the clay fight. So if I didn't catch Sand Slash, I would have been able to get Volcarona as my encounter. Now, yeah. Sand Slash has put in some work. He crushed, absolutely crushed uh, Elisa. So I'm glad I got him. But or actually, it's a her. Supra's a her. So 
she's she's been a really good member. Uh, I have Savior the Darmanitan. Okay. I don't know the catch rate of Darmanitan on. And I think it was in the Desert Resort where I found him. Uh, it might not have been the Desert Resort. It may have been like route. It may have been the route right before the Desert Resort, like right before you go to the uh, the Join Avenue. Okay. Uh, but. I got a Darumaka, and that, that this was after my devastating loss to, uh, not loss, well, kind of loss. I won against Roxy, but it wasn't without sacrifice. Like, I only had two Pokemon afterwards. It was just Warden and my level 10 Purloin uh, tally uh, after Roxanne. Roxanne? That's a Hoenn gym leader. Roxy. Roxy. Uh, because I lost my, uh, I am being called, I lost my... Venipede, which I was really excited about because like, oh, I love Scolipede. Uh, but I forgot what Pursuit did. So I tried to switch it out after it had used Screech to lower uh, Whirlipede's defense, and then one I got hit. killed. One, Not one hit. I was already damaged. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to switch out so it doesn't matter. And then I, I got Pursuited. But yeah, it's those three. Oh, and Scatter the Raticate. Oh my god. I found Eradicate in the relic passage which is connected to the sewers i botched my sewers encounter uh, in castilia city because i did not know that you could catch pokemon even though you were in a double battle with hugh so i just killed both of the pokemon so i lost an encounter there uh the only other those are the big four those are the big four that have been consistent i caught a clang and named him kilo so i have i'm he's gonna be hard to grind up i think yeah. but i have him for defensive typing and then I also have a Swad Loon, uh, which I don't intend to use. I just need to fill a spot. Uh, I have lost an unnamed Lillipop and an unnamed Patrap because I wasn't used to clicking yes to nickname my Pokemon. So I just left them unnamed and they both died. So I guess that's my karma. Yeah. I've lost uh, Mina, the the Venipede, and I've lost uh, Percy, the uh, Solosis, because... It was the triple battle. It was the required triple battle to go oh. to Driftvale. Yes. And I had him out because he had a, like a Sigilyph, an Archon, and a uh, Tortuga. Okay. So the two fossil Pokemon and a Sigilyph. Sigilyph has been giving me some scares. That thing is strong. But I brought out Solosis to resist its Psybeams, but I didn't realize that Tortuga had Crunch, and he just completely decimated my uh, my Solosis. Oh. So Rest in peace. Rest in Fusilosis, but now I beat Clay, and I'm getting ready to go on to, to the next leg Skyla, of the journey. Right? Skyla, will be next. I'm a little scared, because oh, I don't have Bryson ice. And... We have... Bryson actually isn't a gym leader in this. It's... Oh, gone. We have Claire at five, so it's only three more. It's Claire, Drayden, and Marlin are left. Okay. Did I say Claire? Skyla. Yeah, Skyla. Skyla, Drayden, and Marlin are left. Oh, yeah, sorry. Right. So, There's a water type in there. I forgot about yeah. that. Skyla, I need an. I, I want an ice move on Samurai, but I don't have one. I don't have any rock moves, and I don't have any electric moves. Or I do have. I do have Kilo. I have Kilo. He knows. Uh, he knows Shockwave. You need so to grind him up. I'm gonna grind him up actually because his type resists. Well, you've the lucky egg. I think. You've the you've the lucky egg, right? I I haven't found it yet. Oh, jeez. I don't know where the lucky egg is. I completely forgot where it is. I assume that they give it to you at some point. But So we have them. Uh, Skyla, 
I might be able to take down because if I grind up Kilo, I should be okay. Um, Drayden, I need Ice Beam. I need to find Ice Beam and put it on Samron. I should be fine. And then Marlin, I need a Grass type because it's Aces Caracosta, which I could mm-hmm. I could actually grind up Swadloon to Levani if I wanted to. But that that all depends on what I catch in the in the later routes. I've this has been a pretty dynamic team. I've been switching in Pokemon in, left and right. I have a Sandile in the back just in case uh, in case Super bites the dust. I, I got a couple need, other. If you need the lucky egg, go to the first floor of the Celestial Tower. Oh God, I'm not even close to that yet. Okay, Ju- so, Juniper will give it to you. Okay, yeah, so Juniper gives it to you. So I'll I'll be there soon. I think. This game might be a l- if I can catch the legendaries, because I using repels I can make them my first encounter. Cobalion, so I can get Cobalion, Verizion, and Terrakion. Maybe even Thunderous, and maybe not Thunder. I would have to be really lucky because they're roaming. But you just get a mean sighting or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Excuse me. Right, definitely. If I I meant like like I would go on a route and then I would uh, encounter a Pokemon. And then if they then appear on that route again, I wouldn't be able to catch them. Yeah. But Cobalion, Verizion, Terrakion, I can definitely get. Uh, hope Those are pretty dangerous because they could kill my Pokemon. It's true. It's a higher sky reward. Because I don't have anything that... I would need like a ghost type or something to resist to like completely nullify their fighting moves. But we'll see. Verizion could be my grass type. That would help against Marlin a lot. That would help a lot. But... Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. It's been a really fun challenge. I've been playing on set mode, which is something I've actually never done in a Pokemon playthrough before. And even that's bringing its own challenges where like you can't like switch out a Pokemon when they bring out one. So you need to, you know, plan around that a bit more. Uh, it's been fun. I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I encourage anyone else if they have a uh, any interest in doing it. It's a it's a fun experience. Uh, I I was just thinking that it would be great. Uh, if the rumors of a Pokemon collection on the Switch were true, because that just gives you another save file for so many games that you can do whatever yeah. you want with. Uh, but yeah, Nuzlocke going great. Again, rambled on for eight minutes. Uh, so that can tell you how much good it, how good it is. Uh, let's see. Other Pokemon news. Ends coming to Pokemon Masters finally, and in Zekrom. That's exciting for me. Uh, May and Mega Swampert are coming, so that's really cool too. Uh, Lance is getting an alternate form with his Gyarados, which is neat. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of exciting Pokemon news for wait, me. Wait, personally. Lance is Gyarados, not Dragonite? No, so there's... Uh, is there Lance, one with a Dragonite and then one Yeah, with one with a Gyarados. Uh, some some trainers have, like, different versions of themselves. So, like, okay. the, the base form of Skyla has Swanna, obviously. But they have holiday... Uh, holiday versions of them. Oh, okay. She has a Togekiss in in her holiday version. So okay, that makes that's sense. how they add more like variety to it sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, Lance is coming in New Year's. He gets a Gyarados, uh, and he's in like this uh, traditional like kimono sort of thing, which is cool. That's pretty. And sweet. then Lily from Sun and Moon is coming as well with a Rabambi. Uh, but yeah, and then Zekrom is the big one. Super hyped uh, for him. He's getting his own story event. He, dude. He is so tall. Lance? No, N. Oh, N's huge. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, he is double Hilbert's size. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He's he so is huge. Very tall. 
but yeah, that's enough rambling about about Pokemon. Uh, that's that's all the rest I had. Just some. We shouldn't make it. I do this a lot. Like at the very end, I just ramble on about his random things. Usually for Pokemon, but hey, it's know. worth it. Yeah, it's, it, it can be a, a segment, an unofficial segment. It's true, but, but yeah, I think I'll that's conclude, all I have. That'll conclude episode twenty of season two of the Switch It Up podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, since nice, next episode yeah. will be past Christmas and into the heart of Kwanzaa, if you celebrate that. So, happy holidays to everyone out there. Have a safe and happy holiday. But for now, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Switch It Up, po- at Switch Up Pod, Instagram, Switch It Up Podcast. Type in the search, you'll find it. We have a Gmail down in the description below. Personals, Colby underscore more on both Twitter and Instagram. At Samson 11 on Instagram for me and at Tyler Samson on Twitter. Uh, the best gift that you could ever give us is to follow the podcast and to uh, to leave a to leave a review. Leave a review would be uh, great. That would be great. Uh, we're gonna have some something uh, good cooking for mm-hmm. uh, for fans who want to know a bit more about us or about the pod or about anything. Yeah, uh, you probably saw it on Twitter. Uh, so go check that out if you want updates on what we're doing. Yep. And on Instagram, if you want to also know when episodes come out, even though they're on both. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in this far, if you are indeed uh, listening to us speak right now. Uh, And have a great rest of your evening, morning, or whatever time you're watching this. And we will see you next week. Have a good one, gamers. Against the cold.